Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and film podcast based in Chico, California, and I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. What is happening? This week on the show, we have our review of In the Heights, a film adaption of the 2008 Broadway hit from Lin-Manuel Miranda, directed by John M. Chu of Crazy Rich Asians fame. It tells the story of the day-to-day life of a small neighborhood in New York called Washington Heights. That's right. We've also got beers from Fort Rock Brewing out of Cordova, California. If you're not uh, here in California, that's slightly east of Sacramento. Our first is an IPA called Lights Out. It's 6.8%. It's a West Coast IPA. It's got El Dorado, Amarillo, and Mosaic Hops. Our second beer later in the show is a triple IPA called Rainbows and Ponies, which comes in at a whopping 11%. After that, we're going to get to Hot and Bothered. That's the part of the show where we talk about Pretty much whatever we want. Ourselves, the weather, movies, beer, whatever we feel like. Yeah, if you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, you're going to get to hear just our first beer and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of In the Heights. But if you do want to hear the full episode, you can find it, plus more than 200 other film and beer conversations dating all the way back to the year 2016 at any of the following places. On your Spotify's, your SoundClouds, and your Apple Podcasts. New episodes drop every Friday at 7 a.m. sharply. If you like the show, feel free to leave us a rating. Make it five stars. That'd be super. Please leave us a review as well. That helps other people find us. Yeah, if you like social media, you can find us on most of the major ones, but we really love Instagram for photos, Letterboxd for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews. On all of those platforms, we are at Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can check out our website, freshhopcinema.com, for all of that stuff in one convenient location. If you want to email us, please do it at fhccast at gmail.com. Johnny, let's talk Patreon. We got two two birthdays this week. June is a big Patreon birthday month, so we need shout-outs first and foremost. <clears throat> James had a birthday on June 14th, and our friend Brian had one June 17th. So from us to you, boys, happy birthday. Uh, thanks for the support, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys. I keep saying that with birthdays lately because I'm getting so excited for, uh, for mm-hmm. events, which I guess right. is a good enough segue into talking about what Patreon is. Uh, Johnny, how does, how does an event tie into Patreon anyways? Yeah. So, you know, you can support the show for as, as little as $1 a week. You support us. We keep the show happening. It basically covers the cost of goods, movies, uh, the cost of us to go be entertained so we can entertain you. But we do fun stuff every week. We record bonus content. You're going to get some sort of little bonus nugget episode. In the Patreon app, we cover all kinds of fun stuff. We've done some film information series. We do top fives all the time. It's generally a lot more silly, more unedited, more off the cuff, way more fun. Not more fun, but it's fun too. Different fun. In addition to this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Much less structured than this. So, Uh, And also, now that the world is becoming healed again, we're going to start doing Patreon events where we can get together at maybe my backyard, maybe a bar, maybe maybe a, a park somewhere. And we have a, a nice, nice hangout. So it's going to be happening soon. I can feel it coming. We're going to be doing a bunch of those this summer since we have some making up to do. So if you're in Patreon, keep your ears peeled for that. We're going to be possibly releasing some dates very soon. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in Patreon, that's a pretty big incentive for you to look into it because, gosh darn it, parties are fun. 
Yeah, again, that's patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. It's relatively easy to sign up. Um, and you can, yeah, you can you can give us anywhere from like a dollar all the way up to $10 per episode if you do feel so inclined. Um, and it's really easy to sign up and we super, super appreciate it. So thank you for considering doing that. Unless you're not, in which case, never mind. I thank you 0%. Johnny Summers, let's dive into beer. I think I'm, I'm excited for this week because this is a brand new brewery. It feels like to me lately on the show, we've done some some tried and true ones that we've done in the past and fort rock is new to the show i believe it's also new to the chico area as far as distribution goes um but you you were aware of these these got on your radar so i'll let you do uh do the talking for what we're doing first yeah they are on my radar they became aware i became aware of them earlier this week as they were hand delivered to spike's bottle shop from uh, I believe someone at the brewery. I'm oh, not cool. sure exactly how that worked out. Um, but yeah, they they made their way up here. They're at a Rancho Cordova, which is, like Max was saying, just outside Sacramento, just south of here. Mm-hmm. And really excited. They had five beers in Spikes at the moment. Just a nice variety. They had a lager, a Pilsner, a couple IPAs, a couple hazies, like a double, and then uh, the triple IPA that we're doing. So pretty good smattering of of styles. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to digging into them and seeing seeing how they stack up. There's some real good beer coming out of the Sacramento area, but always super stoked to see a new brewery and try a brewery that I've never had before. So we're going to dig in first with Lights Out. So West Coast IPA, 7% ABV with roughly 47 IBUs, which are international bitterness units. Units? Units. <laughs> this was first brewed back in 2017. It features uh, El Dorado, Amarillo, and Mosaic hops, and I am looking forward to digging into it. Yeah, the can has a has an artist interpretation of Muhammad Ali, and on the side it says, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. George thinks he will, but I know he won't. Clear and coppery look with hints of blueberry and stone fruit. This traditional West Coast style IPA is very hop forward, sure. Perfect malt balance for a smooth finish. And then it says all the stuff you just read. Um, I have not opened mine yet. I'm looking forward to doing it as well. Have you opened, poured, smelled, tasted yours, etc.? Yes, yes, yes. And I haven't etc. it yet, though. I plan on doing that in the future at some point. Yeah, no, I, I've smelled it. It's nice. It's crisp. It's bright. It's got a really nice look to it. That Very accurate. A little coppery, light, pale, pretty much standard West Coast IPA. Doesn't look too crazy. Pretty bubbly. Yeah, mine's way bubbly. Smell, yeah, it smells nice and bright. Yeah, this seems like it'll be right up your alley, man. I, it, I don't know what I agree with the coppery sort of look about it. It looks more like a pale straw to me, like something like a something like a lighter IPA would, rather than something a little bit more malt heavy, which is where I sort of attribute that coppery color to. But everything else you said, I think, is spot on. How how is it? How does it drink? Well, you've only seen old copper. Mm. Fresh copper is is yellow. Is it really? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Just seeing if I could get you. Uh, no, it's good. It's crisp. It is very bright and punchy and kind of cutting. It's got a nice hot bite to it. It's very easy drinking. It doesn't feel viscous at all. It is super smooth, but still very hop bitey with a little bit of a dry finish. It's not bad. What do you think so far? I'm wondering if it's possible to call a beer unoffensive without that sounding offensive. And I'm not sure that's possible. This this beer is super, super fine. It I wouldn't do a double take if this were somebody walking down the street. It's not super surprising to me. It is really crisp and good. Um, there's nothing uh, immediately jumping out to me. It's like, wow, that's different or amazing or 
something to write home about. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's an approachable, solid take on the style. Yeah, I think if I were down in Rancho Cordova, and this was, again, we said this is this brewery's been around since 2017, I would be stoked that they came into my area. Um, that said, I think there's a lot of comparable beers of this caliber in our area, so I'm glad this got up here. But I've had things like it, and I think it's very good. Yeah, it definitely holds its own. I don't think it's much worse than any of the no. similar styles that I've had from around here. So, I mean... It, it, to say that it fits in nicely with the the beers coming out of this area, I think is a fair statement. But yeah, it doesn't knock my socks off. It's a solidly average IPA from around here, I'd say. Yeah, I also, I mean, 7% is not nothing. It's It definitely drinks like a pretty light IPA. I think that's something that should be appreciated in, in the style for sure, especially something that could be fairly aggressive on the palate. It's not mm-hmm. terribly that way. Uh, you said 47 IBUs, right? Yeah, very approachable crisp IPA. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm stoked to be drinking it. I've only had about one sip, so I'm going to go back for another. But but my first impression is that I enjoy it, and it's not the craziest thing I've ever had, which is totally fine. It sounds like an insult, kind of, but it's really not meant that way. Well, it's all in the phrasing. It's uh, yeah, I would say that it's really not anything. Yeah, it's not anything out of yeah. out of the ordinary, but in like the best way. Like, totally. This is, feel, this is a very comfortable IPA. Yes. This is something that. It's not going to take anyone out of their comfort zone. It's not like trying a new thing, really. It definitely mm-hmm. has a familiar taste. It's it's a good familiar taste, but yeah, it's it's very low risk. It's a low risk IPA. Yeah, um, and whenever we get into these situations or into that sort of ballpark of beers or, or movies for that matter, um, I kind of already have an inclination for kind of where I'm going to rate it, more or less. Oh, I already, me already, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's get in before we do that, just, just a little bit more like, are any of those three hops you said, El Dorado, Amarillo, and Mosaic, are any of them standing out to you? Do you think it's a good combination? Is there anything in the beer in general that you think is a highlight or perhaps a low light? Um, you know, it's it's really just, it tastes like super standard. Like it's solid, but it's, I don't know. It's it's very bitter, which I like. Yep. I don't know. It's, not, it's nothing surprising. Like, like I said, it's a very low risk beer. Um, I think the hops work together fine. Yep. Uh, the Amarillo pushes it to a more earthy kind of dirt floor type area, which I really enjoy. Um, it maybe didn't need that level of earthiness to complement all the existing bitterness, but I mean, overall it's, it's in the words of our young Max Minardi, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I, I attribute Amarillo more to like, like a citrusy floral kind of flavor and I'm not getting a ton of that. So I was thinking it's more, more El Dorado forward because as those three hops go, that's the one that I'm probably least familiar with. Um, there is like a slight, almost kind of soapiness on the, on the back end, flavor wise that I'm not crazy about, but it is so minute that I'm really having to pick for it. Like that's, that's the, that's the upshot of sort of an, uh, you know, an above average, still really good, but not surprising beer is that there's nothing negative really to be like, that's gross. It's like, this is all pretty average. Like the highs are about mid and the lows are also kind of right on that same level. So it's even keel through and through. Yeah, totally. This is, you know, throw it in the cooler for barbecue. Totally. No one's going to be pissed they're drinking it. No, it's, 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 yeah, it's absolutely solid, cooler barbecue beer. This is like a, this is like a six, eight beer all day long. Okay. 6.8 for you. Yeah. It's, it's, if the film equivalent would be like just, you know, like a summer blockbuster, like, you know, it's going to be a certain thing and you know, you're not going to wind, wind up in like a Lars von Trier screening. And then you're like, yeah, but there's days when I want to do that. And there's days when I yeah. just want to be entertained and I want to feel safe. And this is a safe feeling beer. 
yeah, this movie, this is like the equivalent of like whatever the rocks in next. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. Uh, is he in the new fast and furious or is that he's not in the main ones? I don't know. I don't think he's in that one. I know he's in the new one with the, the boat. Is it African queen? Oh, I thought it was, oh, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of um, the new Jumanji, which is not new anymore. That was like a year ago. Uh, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's him. And I believe Emily Blunt. I oh. saw a trailer for it. I'll see that. Yeah, it looked pretty good. It's like very remake of the old, I believe, African Queen, like the old movie about the riverboat going up the, the I want to say it's the the Nile. I'm just thinking of like the Heart of Darkness, that novel. I wish I could think of the author. Uh, that was a Congo, though. Never mind. Yeah, I think it was based on, a, I want to say it was a Disney movie. I could be mistaken, but oh. it would make sense. Are we going to cover that movie? I don't know. It depends right. on what else is out that week. That's fair. Okay, so it's not like we got to see this. Nah, I wasn't okay. super right. jazzed on it. It looked fine. Yeah, speaking of fine, for me, this beer's a five. It's totally middle of the road. I'd happily drink it again. I'm not going to reach for it necessarily, but if it's there, you bet I'm wetting my whistle. No doubt about yeah. it. If it's there and it's fresh, it's it's absolutely drinkable. All right, Johnny, tell everybody what they're listening to. So, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you get a chance to try Lights Out from Fort Rock Brewing out of Rancho Cordova, we want to know what you think of it. Please reach out. Let me know personally. I don't care about Max. I want to know. <laughs> Again, you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com or find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema. Please do it. We appreciate you guys. We're going to play you a trailer from the new film In the Heights. If you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. We're not going to spoil anything. We're just going to play you the trailer and come back and talk about our initial thoughts. So don't go anywhere. Once upon a time... Faraway land called Washington Heights. Say it so it doesn't disappear. Washington Heights! Lights up on Washington Heights. Up at the break of day, I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. Pop the grate at the crack of dawn, sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey, y'all, good morning. Ice cold piragua, cherry, strawberry, and just for today, I got my mate. Story of a block that was disappearing. The genius is back! Yo, here's your chance. Ask her out right now. Hey! There's something on your shirt. <laughs> Smooth operator on them. We all had a sueñito. And when it came to dreams, we had to keep scraping by. Maybe this neighborhood's changing forever. Maybe tonight is our last night together, however. I just want to see the whole world through her eyes. They're talking about kicking out all the dreamers. It's time to make some noise. We had to assert our dignity in small ways. Little details that tell the world we are not invisible. This is the moment when you do better than me. Because you can see a future that I can. made all of this? This is me. They used to say, if you work hard, you live by the rules, the money will come, the things will come. You ready? I've been saving up all my pennies in my piggy bank for this day. Today's all we got, so we cannot stop. This is our block. In the heights, I And I built my little dream, my sueñito. Here, 
That was music from In the Heights, the new musical from John M. Chu of Crazy Rich Asians fame, based on the Broadway stage show of the same name from Lynn manuel Miranda. Max, inform us. So we jump in at the start of a day in the life of people uh, in Washington Heights, which is a small neighborhood in, in Manhattan made up mostly of families from the Dominican Republic. And among these is a dude named Usnavi. He's played here by Anthony Ramos. Um, fans of Miranda will know him as John Lawrence and Philip from the original Hamilton cast. But Usnavi's a 20-something with dreams of returning to the Dominican Republic to run uh, his his father's bodega. His father has since passed away. And, and to me, it felt like Usnavi's story was definitely kind of the front and center of this movie. But I think it would definitely be a mistake not to acknowledge that on basically every street corner in Washington Heights, or at least the musical version of it, there is another member of this community literally singing at the top of their lungs about their own little dreams or sueñitos. Uh, and the ones that we spend the most time with besides Usnavi are Nina and Vanessa, played here by Leslie Grace and Melissa Barrera. Nina's back after her first semester at Stanford. She's the only one in her family to ever go to college. But it was a super isolating experience for her since she was just about the only non-white person there. And Vanessa, on the other hand, is scraping by as a nail technician. And she's hoping one day to become, uh, you know, a, a fashion designer, I think, in New York. And we spend about three days with these three people. And there's, there's a bunch more folks that I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into this. But it's all sort of leading up to this eventual power outage, which is foretold by little title cards that show up every now and again. I mean, like three days to the blackout, um, just counting down the hours until this happens. It is a flamboyant movie. It's loud. It's colorful. It is hopeful. And if you like this sort of thing, it's a lot of fun. Now, Johnny, it's fairly well documented. You aren't typically a fan of musicals. You didn't like La La Land nor Hamilton, which, though it did break my heart, I, I did understand because I know you. So when this film finally came to theaters, I knew it might take some convincing from me to get you to agree to see it. Now, mm -hmm. on the other hand, you're also on record as being a big advocate of things like inclusion and representation, uh, films that focus on, uh, I don't know, social issues like shedding light on inequality or systemic oppression. Now, In the Heights has both. It has like the magical not-so-realism that tends to turn you off of films like this, but it also has some really important messages that, for, for lack of a better term, tend to turn you on to them. So <laughs> I've got to know, man, is this going to be another case of my moping about with a broken heart because this film was a total miss? Or, by some stroke of luck, will you make my sueñito come true and tell me that you enjoyed at least some of In the Heights? Um, No. Absolutely not. You will remain <laughs> completely heartbroken. Oh. I did not like this movie in the slightest. Um, no, it was not for me at all. Not to say that it wasn't a good musical, because quite frankly, I'm not the person to ask if something is a good musical, because I've never really enjoyed a musical, sure. like, per se. So, no, I did not enjoy this. It was a tough watch. I just couldn't get over the fact how silly it was. And uh, I just, you know, I tried to go into it looking at it like, look, this is just a different way to tell a story. It's a different narrative tools. It's just a different way to, to move a plot along. Mm -hmm. And so I watched this with fairly open eyes and, and tried to just take it in as objectively as possible. And um, one thing that I know for sure is that a lot of times, you know, songs propel the plot of a, of a musical sure. and, and for me, this one felt like the the songs kind of like got in the way of the story. Like I feel like they could have got a lot more plot accomplished if they would have stopped singing 
and (laughs) got to the story. Um, It was a a tough two and a half hours. Uh, Yeah, uh, overall, I wasn't a big fan. It was pretty to look at. I mean, I get it. There was some really cool dancing. There was a lot of synchronization that seemed really impressive, but... I mean, overall for me, there it was going to be a stretch if this movie wasn't a complete miss. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to rip on it too hard because I can't say that it was a, a bad movie or not an enjoyable sure, sure. musical. It just was not my style. Uh, and it wasn't enjoyable to me. I appreciate why you might think it was good. And if you are entertained by things like this, I see that it has value. And I dug the the issues that they tackled and the way that mm-hmm. they wrote it. And like, it was very real and very tough and, you know, as gritty as a musical can be, which I mean, historically musicals have tackled some, some pretty serious yeah, topics. Sure. So that's nothing new to this realm, especially things that have been on Broadway. So it, it accomplished, I think what it set out to do. And I think if you're into this sort of thing, you'll probably like it. I liked some of the music was pretty cool. There was definitely some cool costumes. I really loved seeing familiar faces from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and oh, yeah. um, Orange is the New Black. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun for sure if you're into this. But for me, it was not fun. Um, it was a long two and a half hours. But like I said, not going to rip on it too much just because it's not, it's not my forte. Uh, and I don't think anyone is really surprised by no. this right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you and and let you gush because I'm sure I'm gonna have to listen to you cover songs from this for the next year or so. Yeah, that's probably right. I yeah, man, I loved it. Um, it was like two. I think the running time is two two hours and twenty four. So like it's a real it's a real pill to swallow, especially like if you're going in dead and you're not super into this sort of thing. But Um, I definitely am. I had the revelation in about the first 15 minutes of watching this and I don't know why it's never occurred to me, but I feel in real life sometimes like I am in a musical and there's just, there happens to be no music and I'm just walking around like a giddy idiot a lot of the time. And I would make so much more sense as a person in a musical. And I loved that because then I felt so connected to this, like something about the, the sort of day-to-day trudgery that these, these people go through and, and elevating it with that music makes me so happy. There's, there's the first song in it um, where we kind of get the layout of the neighborhood and we, we meet Anthony Ramos's character. And there's a bit of like Edgar Wright sort of, you mentioned it, like synchronization that happens with the music and what's happening on screen. And that's so cool to me. Like it's the same part that was cool in Baby Driver. Like that type of dedication to just like your bigger vision is something that hooks me from an artistic perspective, really no matter what the genre of film is. So I love that. Um, I think that Anthony Ramos is such a charismatic dude too. Like, I just like watching him. Um, and I think the story that they were telling is important. There's, there's a, there's a narrative device used here where the movie starts out with him, presumably older, kind of telling this story to younger children, um, like a la princess bride style kind of, and that's fine. I I don't know that that was necessarily needed that added a couple little things. And I will say, as far as pacing goes, there are many pieces in like the final act of this movie, which is a, is a risky thing to even try to define because of these pieces. It feels like it's over. And then it is not like I was, I checked my watch once or twice. I was like, okay, like I'm preparing myself for the end. And there were like, yeah. it was like Lord of the Rings, return of the King level. Like, okay, this is the big piece it's done. And it's like, oh yeah, no, we have to close this loop and this loop and this loop. Um, which again, like I was enjoying it. So just from, from an emotional perspective, like I was into it, but if I step back and think of it a little bit more critically, I think that could have been tightened up a bit. 
Um, but I really, maybe we'll talk about this in hot and bothered a little bit, but this movie caught me on a particular week where I have spent a lot of mental energy focusing on, or, or rather refocusing sort of my life trajectory in a lot of ways, like reprioritizing things that are important and maybe taking some focus off of things that aren't. And one mm-hmm. of those things happened to be family <clears throat> and, and friends and like community. Um, You've taken less time for those things, obviously. I'm taking more time for those things, less time for like, you know, I, I don't know, staying up and, and drinking and doing gigs that are not worth my time kind of thing. Um, and like, yeah, maybe I can drive two hours and see my family more than once a year for holidays. Like it's not that far and people get old and die. And you bet that's a thing that comes into play in this movie. Uh, and we can talk about that in the danger zone. Like it's just, it's just this idea of, of family and like what people have to go through to give you the life that you often don't appreciate. And that comes up with one of the characters too. And I just think that that's, there's a lot of really powerful messages. I do think some of like the, the, which is kind of like a hinge pin of the whole movie, but like the DACA, the, the dreamers thing um, mm-hmm. does work really well, but there's, it like kind of starts with it and then it brings it up at the end. And I don't think that's too spoilery, but it just, it felt a little bit forced, um, but that's okay. Who cares? It's still a good message. I was with it um, in general, man. I, I liked it a lot. I, I'm going to love the soundtrack. I can't wait to listen to it. I think some creative choices that were made with some of the special effects were some were great and some were like, I don't, I don't know. It's fun. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda. I kind of understand his brain after watching Hamilton 20 times. Um, so I, you know, it's coming from a person who is that thing and I'm not going to fault him for being himself. So yeah, some things I would change from a film perspective, but in general, really, really liked it. Loved it. Even I'd say I loved it. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's super surprised by that. I mean, this was your, your Malala. Yeah, you're going to want to define that because not everybody talks about Booksmart as much as Nick Land does. As as long as Nick Land understands, I don't have to explain nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, so in the movie Booksmart. Yeah, 2018, uh, which, we, which Which we covered on the yes, show. Yes, we did. You should Google that and listen to it and let us know what you think. But yeah, the two main characters in that movie are best friends and mm. they have kind of a, a code where once a year they get a thing and they called it a Malala. And basically that means that you have to do the thing that the other person wants to do, no questions asked. Basically, follow them blindly in pure faith, just out of love and trust. Yes. And we decided that I was pretty wanting to, I was vehemently trying to talk you out of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we decided that once a year you should get a Malala, an unvetoable movie pick that the other person. You know, has yeah, to watch. This is it. Like, and, yeah, and this so like, is it. You have to do it. And and I think the the important part of a Malala, by the way, named that from Booksmart from the uh, Pakistani activist. Um, she's her name, and this is not going to be right. Malala Yousafzai, I think is her name, and she's referred to as uh, uh, Malala. She's a Pakistani activist for female education and the youngest Nobel Prize laureate, which is why these two characters in Booksmart were so into her because that was kind of their thing. Nice. Uh, go listen to that episode. Um, anyways, the whole catch is like it does you no good. Like if you were Malala in me and then I spent the whole time complaining and like, Oh, I can't believe I have to watch. That's not it. You have to just go with it. You got to be in for it. Go in with an open mind like you did, sir. And then just give it a shot. Like that's, that's the catch. That's the whole thing. Exactly. Like you don't just have to sit through it. You have to be, be here for go it. Go for and it. Then, yeah. And if you still don't like it, that's fine. But you were here for it when you did it. Yes. Um, I can't remember how we got on this. Uh, just that it's your favorite movie. It's going to be your favorite. And I was trying to talk you out of it. And sure. yeah, I think that was it. You were just, you were vamping on how much you loved it. And yeah. 
Yeah, man. I yeah, it was great. Um, do you have anything else on in the heights, or do you want to you want to maybe go to the danger zone? Um, hmm. I mean, not really. I don't think so. I like the cast, and I really do think if you like movies like this, you're gonna like it. That's how I knew you were gonna love it. Yeah, I'm for like, sure. If you're into this sort of thing, this rips. But I'm not, so it bores me, and I just mm-hmm. couldn't get into it. But mm-hmm. But I think if you are, it rips. So, And it's free on HBO Max if you're subscribed. There's no reason to not just sit down and watch it if you like musicals. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Johnny, in the Heights, out of 10, lay it on me. It's a three. Yeah. Just, that's, just, that's nice. <laughs> that's nicer than I thought yeah. you were going to go. It's a courtesy three. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't absolutely hate it. It's just, and honestly, if I'm just rating it on like how much of a good movie it is, like it's like a seven, eight. If it's like, is yeah. this a sure. well-made, well-produced movie? Um, but the show is not just me telling you if stuff's well made. It's you're here for my opinion. So yeah, it's a it's a flat three. Max, go ahead. Yeah, you know it's not a ten for me. I'm actually I'm gonna go nine. Part of me right now kind of almost feels like eight's gonna be the thing. But with with my history with Lin Manuel Miranda, it always gets better with time. And I I don't know if that's totally fair, but it is a nine for me. And I'm sure if it's, it's not a hundred percent nine, it will be a nine the next time I watch it. If not a ten. So I'm compromising between an eight and a 10. Just, I'm going to go nine. It's so good. And I'm never going to watch it again. So it's going to stay a three. <laughs> Once again, you have been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. In the Heights, like you said, Johnny, is available for a couple more weeks on HBO Max. And it's available in wide release in theaters. If you get the chance to see it and you have thoughts of your own, maybe you agree with Johnny. Maybe you agree with me. Who knows? Let us know. Find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. Or head over to our internet homes, freshhopcinema.com, for film reviews, beer reviews, podcast episodes dating all the way back to our inception way back in 2016. To our KZFR listeners, the full-length version of today's conversation will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. wherever quality podcasts are found. And to all of our podcast listeners, we'll be right back to talk spoilers in the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. If you've never joined us for a Danger Zone before, it's where we talk about the film of the week as if, for the most part, we've all seen it. So if you have not seen In the Heights, we are going to spoil some stuff. You've been warned. Stick with it if you want, or just go see it and then come back and finish the show. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, live your life. Let's talk. (laughs) Man, I was like halfway with it till they started fucking walking on the wall. Oh, that's so funny because one of the people who I listened to and I, I listened to their review of this after seeing it, they said the same thing. And I loved the wall dancing. I thought it was so cool. Mm. <laughs> I feel like it would have been more cool if it was all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. that might have got me engaged. Like, let's make this a little bit more fantasy. Sure. Yeah, I, that's kind of what what it was. Josh Larson on film spotting. He was saying like, it. Kind of, I think it was him um, sort of like you've been so entrenched in in the day to day stuff. And, and like we've, we've concentrated as an audience in finding the magic in those sort of normal moments that when it elevates and it's like, we no longer have to operate in the world that we've created. I don't think he said it quite like this, but I think this was the gist. Like it sort of changes the whole tone of everything. Yeah, it did. And I'm like, is this just going to be a silly goose time from here on out? Cause I might be into it if it is. Um, okay. Speaking of special effects, what did you think about the fabrics coming down over the buildings? Just like a little much. Oh really? See, I thought it was such a cool effect. Versus like the, how about the, the, the like sketch animations coming out of their hands when they're starting the song about the lottery? That was silly. Okay. That one is the one that I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I guess. Yeah. I was like, is that necessary? 
Like I would have said maybe commit to being like all serious and gritty and like maybe lower the darkness and bring the color scheme down a little and mm. make it feel way more like actual New York um, uh, or yeah. like up the brightness and like let's fucking walk on walls and just fly. Like why not? Yeah, I guess in defense of that scene, the case that I would make and bear with me is that this is a very emotional moment. These two might be separating. They have a bit of a history and like the, the one thing that's going to sort of elevate them out of the milieu is, is their love. And like sometimes in love, it feels like you're dancing on walls. I don't know. You're, you're leaving all of the, the drudgery behind. So in, that wouldn't have been the case if we had been in that the whole time. I think it was a nice counterpoint to sort of the mun, mundanity, mundaneness, the boring, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever that word is. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that being an argument. That's how I took it. So, you know, I like that scene, but it is a very, very stylistically um, aggressive choice. Yeah, and it seemed odd because it's like, like you said, the movie had been kind of one way the whole time with like yeah. a little bit of peppered in here and there. And then it's just like fully commits to being like laws of gravity don't apply, yes. apply yeah. but only for like three minutes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think if they would have gone more with that, not necessarily with just the gravity thing, but just adding a bit more unrealism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To like really like up the caliber of like the artistic metaphor. I think it would have come off visually really cool because like they could have totally gone for it, but I get it. That was the only part that didn't feel like it was still a Broadway musical. And maybe that was because that was like the only like during the Broadway musical, they only had insurance coverage to use yeah. like wires for one scene. <laughs> right, right. And that was it. That was, they had to just use them for that one. But how did you I feel about the scene where grandma was crossing over? Because eh. that's the other one that's, that's very like uh, otherworldly and, and kind of breaking the rules of reality. Yeah. So in discussing this movie afterwards with uh, Brian McAllister, friend of the show, yeah. uh, we were talking about like the tone and he brought up a good point that it was really like dark and serious subject matter but all the songs were like way too happy sure like it was and it was all he was he's all like it's all in like major keys and it's all just like super showy and like there was one sad song and it was just because she was dying it's like you'd think there would be some more you know moroseness to it at some point instead of it just being like over-the-top happy show tunes, like, no matter what. And I was like, that's a good point. Because I thought that was weird that there was only one song that was even remotely, like, tinged with sadness and felt sad when this whole movie is steeped in such uh, tribulation and such poverty and downright hotness. I mean, just, you know, melting with no AC and 100-degree weather for days on end. Like, it, you know, I get it that maybe they're using that as a device to just display the indomitable spirit of this culture and like you know they're positive no matter what but i thought that was interesting as well that was more his point than mine but i thought it was worth bringing up yeah no i i'm i'm with what you just said as a counterpoint to his like as a person who has written a song or two i tend to write about pretty heavy like i've got this fixation on the passing of time which inevitably leads me to think about and write about death pretty often but if you just happen to hear my songs don't really listen to lyrics they all sound pretty cheery and i don't know if that's a subconscious way of me like hiding some of that fear for this stuff. But in, in the case of this film, like there is so much, so much to overcome that I don't know how you would possibly survive if you embraced that sort of potential depression. 
So I think music as a device to, to keep, to keep that sort of angst at bay is very effective and it made total sense to me. Well, I feel like there's a little bit more of a, not shallow, but a more, for me on the outside looking in, there's a more obvious answer to that. It's that you're not going to sell many fucking records if your songs are super sad sounding and filled with super sad lyrical content. And they're not like, you know, metal or like, you know, if you're playing in a genre of like the genre of music that you play, it you almost have to make catchy songs to be not even successful, but just well received. I don't know, man. I would raise the like entire if, genre of like pop punk. Maybe not pop punk, but like emo. Yeah, emo you're rock. right. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Pop punk, like like Grant crams and embeds heavy, sad lyrical content into like super poppy sounding. So I'm saying like you write songs that sound happy. And like you said, that they sound, it's like, it's dark lyrics that deal with serious stuff, but like in a a happy format. And if you're going to be a Broadway musical, you can't just bum people out for two and a half hours. Your, your run is going to be very short. You know, that might work for like a documentary or something. I but don't like, know. I mean, Les Mis is pretty, pretty bleak. And I didn't, I guess I didn't mean pop punk. I meant like emo rock, but I would even take it further and be like Radiohead, Elliot Smith, like any number of really depressing songwriters have done very well for themselves. People love to sit in that kind of tragedy. I mean, there's, there's a niche for that, but that's not the niche that you live in. It's not the niche that Lin-Manuel Miranda lives in. No. You are definitely presenting a happier exterior with a more crusty and sad interior. Yeah, like crusty. Um, but Lin-Manuel Miranda can write a sad song. There's there's several in Hamilton and there's a couple in here. Like, I just think it has to, he's not doing it by accident. Like he's not defaulting to happy songs just because it would it would put butts in seats. Like it's it's clearly to me at least like a very distinct choice to reflect the attitudes of this culture. Well, that's fair. Um, I feel pretty good here. Um, I didn't like the contortionists in the pool. That, that made, was weird. made my body hurt. <laughs> um, um, I really did like the crossing over scene with her. I like, it was sort of like a mini story of, um, we should find her name, the actress's name. Maybe you can find that. Um, but like we had like a mini montage of like when she was a little girl and she was going through the subway station and kind of like coming up in New York as a, as a non-native and like what that struggle was like. And it just really made you appreciate sort of what, what came before the story that we were witnessing. Mm. Yeah. Like talking about, she was like super stoked to just get a job cleaning a house. I know. Like yeah. 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 And this would be probably a pretty enlightening story to people that have never like known an immigrant. For sure. Yeah. Which I mean, I've known hundreds of them. Right. Right. But I mean, for someone that hasn't like just that difference of perspective, like the counterpoint is how many times have you been on Broadway? How many times have you seen shows on Broadway? Never, never. Uh, I would imagine part of the cool thing, this came out on Broadway. The, the, the stage show did in 2008, I believe. Um, and the folks that purchase those tickets and can afford those tickets are probably not maids or first generation immigrants from Dominican Republic. So yeah. to that effect, like that's what I think part of the reason this was so groundbreaking is that like Lin-Manuel Miranda broke through and was like, Hey, here's a story you folks have never heard before. And you're going to watch it. Totally. It was great. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I wanted to talk about. I think that's pretty good. I did like the little <laughs> kid. What is the kid's name? Um, Benny or not Benny. Um, Sonny is played by Gregory Diaz. The fourth cute little spunky kid, uh, had some very funny moments. Yeah. The the little mannequin heads in the 
the beauty salon really freaked me out. Yep. I, I laughed pretty hard the first time and then they, I think he kind of overplayed it, but it was yeah, fun. The first understand. time I was like, oh, that's, that's very clever. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to find the name of the grandma real quick and I'm failing and I don't feel good about not saying her name because she was so good. Her name was Olga Meredith. She played Abuelita Claudia or Abuela Claudia. Very great. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I'm good on In the Heights if you are. Do you got anything else? I, I don't. No. Would you like check to check it out if you like musicals? Totally. Would you like to drink another beer? I would love to drink another beer for sure. Well, I hope so, man, because it is a triple IPA we are doing next. It's 11%. And I will go ahead and tip my hand here. I was at home the other day and Gianna came home from work and surprised me with a couple of beers. She stopped by Spikes. Um, and we had just bumped into each other and kind of talked about the proposition of maybe covering Fort Rock. And she yeah. happened to bring home uh, this triple IPA we are about to drink, which is called Rainbows and Ponies. And a beer that we almost drank for the show called uh, Baby Baby Yoda or Baby Yodas. I can't remember if it was singular. I think it was singular. Just just singular, yeah. Um, but we are going now with Rainbows and Ponies. Again, 11%. Do you want to read what is on the side of the can? I do not. As brewers, we often hear questions about what makes an IPA a triple. The answer is, colon, an obscene amount of hops. An the answer is a colon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. An I'm irresponsible an amount of alcohol. Uh, and a reverie that only comes from drinking a beer with pretty rainbows and ponies on the can. Love it. Yeah. Make no mistake. This is a hardcore IPA with an aggressive amount of hops and alcohol, but the ponies aren't afraid. Some say ponies are really brave, but we suspect they've had too much of this triple IPA. Triple IPA, good God, and can only see rainbows. Again, 11%, 55 IBUs. That's fun. Color. We can talk about that if we ever look it up. And hops, Azaka, Chinook, Southern, Passion. Maybe, maybe it's just Passion Simcoe because there's not a comma after Passion, and I think there probably should be. Unless maybe There's unless, another colon. There's, you know, you don't have so many, you know? I mean, I only got one. I don't know about you. Between the two of us and this beer can, we have at least three. At least three. Possibly four. We don't know. Fun can. Should we talk about the can before we pour it? No, remember, like I said, I left it in the kitchen. I poured it in my glass and just left it in the kitchen. I see. The can has gone away from me. Okay, then I guess we can't discuss the can before we pour it, though I can because I haven't poured mine. Discuss it. I remember it being quite adorable. It's lovely, yeah. So there's um, both of these cans today have had the Fort Rock logo kind of down in the, let's say, bottom third. And then above that, on the previous was the Muhammad Ali art. And this one is a cute little pink and white pony. I'm looking for a horn. It's not a unicorn. Can confirm. Um, And then... Big bubbly letters saying rainbows and ponies with a rainbow over the top and a little cloud with a, an innocuous smiley face. Um, checking the bottom of the can because we didn't say this earlier, but this one says it's raining ponies and this was canned June 11th, 2021, which is five days old. That's great. You, that's you gotta can't be, be mad at that. That's got to be like one of our freshest this year. Yep. I Heck love yeah. it. Um, fun fact about rainbows and ponies. I called the brewery today. Uh, this beer was first brewed in 2018, and they only brew it once a year to celebrate their yearly anniversary. So fun. We got our hands on it. That is fun. And their anniversary kind of ties in with Pride Month, so that's pretty cool. Totally. But yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Good point. Um, Let's uh, let's dive in, man. I'm going to open mine, but why don't you tell me about what you've got in your glass? Yeah, I will go first. You're a little biased since you already, like you said, you already had this beer. Yeah, and I chose um, that, I chose that we should do it again. You're <laughs> so, like, oh, that one. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Man, it is insanely clean yeah. for a triple IPA. Yeah. This thing, I mean, it smells big, it tastes big, but it doesn't have any of that nasty 
cloying sweetness that you get in a lot of triple IPAs. Yep. This feels like what a triple IPA should taste like. Yes. The, a triple IPA in my mind is you take, you know, a West Coast IPA and then you triple it. So it's three yeah. times as bitter, three times the hop. IPAs aren't sweet at all. So why are they three times as sweet when they become triples? That's just dumb. I've never understood that. It's just it bothers alcohol. me. It's just the alcohol, you know? Well, I think it's it's trying to cover up the alcohol sure. to make it more drinkable. And I think this one really doesn't pull punches with that. I mean, let's be fair. This beer is bitter and it's hot. Like, it kind of burned my throat a little bit. It has somewhat of an alcohol burn For to sure it. it does, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't bother me. Like, it's an 11% beer. I don't want it to just taste like sugar and not have an alcohol burn. I want to know that I'm... I'm drinking, you know, an 11% beer. Yeah, 100%. Can I make an analogy? Do it. The can here is the way that the music feels, and the beer is what the lyrics are about. This is a fun, <laughs> carefree, bubbly, fun can, and then you open it, and it's like, oh, we are singing about the passing of cultural icons and the death of the matriarch. This is like- It's got a the, and, and again, crusty interior. Yeah, dude, the same way that I like that juxtaposition in music, I love it in beer, like- I like being surprised. That's cool. Like I did not expect because while it is all the things you're saying, very smooth and approachable, like it's a huge beer and you know that we just did. I think yeah. our most recent example of a beer this big was probably Dust Bowl's uh, Supine. Is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. Or was it, was it prone? Uh, Supine was the second one. Okay. And that one is like 14.4% if I'm not mistaken. We've done a smattering of, of triple IPAs over the years. And yeah, the reason I was so excited to get this one on the show is that it is up there with the smoother ones I've ever had. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Uh, it's not not sickly sweet. It's got nice hot presence. It's very very well balanced for a, an IPA this big. It's surprisingly well balanced. I'm I'm enjoying drinking it. Uh, I'm wasn't planning on drinking all sixteen ounces, but this beer is really nice. Like I could see this being like dangerously drinkable. I was about to say that it should probably come with a warning. Speaking of that, there's a bar in town which shall not be named for legal reasons that is selling supine. As a 12-ounce pour. Oh, my God. And I asked, because I saw it on the menu. I was like, hey, are you sure? Like, is this a typo? And they're like, no, we're, that's how we're doing it. And I was like, you're going to have some. You're gonna have, like, that's drinking. That's a, too much. That's too big of a pour. <laughs> but I guess if you know what you're getting into, you know, we're all adults. It's a 12-ounce glass of Four Loco. Pretty, it's a 12-ounce glass of, like, decently strong wine. Yeah. What is wine served in? Like, six ounces? Eight? Uh, I, I don't know. I fill up the glass. I don't know how many ounces. <laughs> just, people like, leave, normally, <laughs> you're just like, like in the my, bottle. In my house, a bottle of wine is two glasses. So yeah, right, right. I don't know. We also drink wine out of like beer glasses. So it's, yeah, don't ask. I think honestly, I think a good pour of wine, like good wines, like four ounces. They don't, no, they go real light. It's like six, I think. Maybe, depending on how expensive the wine is. I like, you know, you're getting into trouble when they like give you the, they put the cork under your nose. Yeah. Like, what do you think? And what are you supposed to say? Like, we don't, we're not qualified for this, but like, you always try to look smart. Like they pour it in your glass, give you a taste and you kind of swirling. Like, yes, this one does seem to be a red. I suppose, honey, what do you think? This is probably a good vintage. Yes, we'll take it. I don't know. Just, you know. I always say it reminds me of my countryside at my family's villa. <laughs> I just quote Michael Scott. Like, yeah, it's got a really oaky afterbirth. And <laughs> then the waiter or waitress just drops the bottle and it shatters because they are yep. so mortified. Mm -hmm. And then I slurp it off the floor. 
There's afterbirth everywhere. <laughs> um, my God, we haven't even drank this yet. And uh, I've been drinking it the whole time. Well, that explains you. Not what are you me. talking about? You just asked me how it tastes, and I've been telling no, you. No, I mean, like, we haven't drank it enough to have the effects be this strong to go on that sort of tangent yet. Oh, I don't think we need to be that drunk to, <laughs> to talk about not being fancy drinking. No, wine. it just usually that's usually the case. We'll be we'll be drinking a bit and then we go on tangents. And here we're at the start of beer number two, and, and here we go. That's fine. It's just, you know, it's who we really are, baby. The point is, this beer is pretty drinkable, clearly. It is very drinkable. One of the most enjoyable triple IPAs in in my memory. Yeah, for sure. Um, is Hoptimum from Sierra Nevada a triple, or is it just called like a, you know, a mega IPA or whatever people are calling them these days? I don't know. I think it might be a triple. Yeah. Isn't that out now? Yeah. Do you mean out like it's no longer available? Like they're out of it? Or do you mean it's available? No, like it is out available. Yes. Yeah, it says it's, uh, yeah. it's a triple IPA according yeah, okay. to Sierra Nevada's cool. website. Optimum's gotten worse, but it used to be, I thought, great. I've never liked it. And I've never liked Ruthless Rye. Fight oh, me. I hate Ruthless Rye. I'm not fighting you on that. That's, yeah. That don't do, <laughs> don't drink those. They're not, whatever. Ruthless Rye is rough. Yeah. It's going to be called Rough they, Rye. Rough Rye. Yeah. They just nah. put it out again, too. You can get, like, 16-ounce cans of it at the brewery. We're going to sound like curmudgeons here, but, like, if you're going to bring back Ruthless Rye and take away Summerfest, like, what are you doing? I found out Summerfest cans drop next week for some reason. Oh. Well. <laughs> MAGA. <laughs> Great. <laughs> bring me that Summerfest. <laughs> <laughs> Could you not? Yeah, sorry, man. Um, <laughs> should we talk about this beer? I like it. Yeah, I do too. I what, what do you not like? Is it too? It's not too hot, obviously. Like, what what flavors do you not dig about this? Uh, there's not much that I don't dig, man. Yeah, I you know, there. I think I don't know. There's an intrinsic sort of heft to a triple IPA that at this point I don't think I can hold against any triple IPA because I just think it's part of the style. That's just how they be. Yeah, I think this is up there with the best triple IPAs I've ever had. I don't think you're wrong. Um, now, that's not necessarily a prestigious list. No. Uh, so let's caveat it with that. Nor a long but, list. Nor a long list. It's not a long or celebrated list that this falls into. Uh, but, you know, it's it's at the top of the pile. Yeah. So where does that put it on a scale of 1 to 10 for you, personally? I mean, honestly, like as far as triple IPA goes, this is like um, this is like an 8.8. Eight. It's pretty high. That's actually, that's actually really high. Um, I know. Eight eight, yeah, that's that's close to what I'm feeling too. I think I'm just more of a flat eight kind of guy today. It's good. I, it's just so much. Like I'm trying to think of scenarios where I really want a full can of this. And one was obviously the other night when I was like, we got to do it on the show again. Um, but today it's hitting a little bit different. It's hotter out today. It's just a very like the I think the higher an ABV and lower that you go, the more extreme, the more contingent wanting that beer is on like the type of day you've had or the weather or what you're going to be doing. Like there's a, um, there's a yeah. real risk with that. Big factor in this is um, I'm going to want another beer after this. So yes. I have to like not drink all of this. Like, yes. Um, if you're after work, it's hot. You just took a shower. You're going to have dinner at home. Yeah. You're going to curl up on the couch with your cats. This is like a great can to just have to the, to the dome with some dinner this will put you in relax mode real quick. Yeah. So what it did for me the other night was, and this is probably like 10 o'clock and I've been trying to get up kind of early, like not early, early, but like, you know, up by like six forty-five, seven. Um, I had this and, and that baby Yoda 
And it put me in not relax mode. It put me in bedtime now mode, which was exactly what I wanted. I was like, I'm going to play a little bit of breath of the wild, sit on the couch, pump that AC. Cause it was 10 at night, but it was still whatever God forsaken degree it was here in Chico. Um, and it was great. Now we are drinking this to pull back the curtain a little bit for four 45 ish on a, on a Wednesday. And right now it's hitting too, like, it's too much for my day, you know? Yeah. So that's a factor, but in general, um, if you, if you are in the mood and your day can facilitate it, this is a very good beer. Uh, I'm going to agree completely. Okay. So it's an 8.8 for you. It's an eight for me. Again, that's rainbows and ponies, uh, from Fort rock. You can get it here in Chico, probably around, but definitely at spikes as well as a smattering of their other offerings, including, but again, not limited to a, I believe cucumber blonde. No. Yeah, which I'm super stoked to try. And I then we also too. snagged a, uh, uh, I want to say a green goblin or mm-hmm. some sort of goblin. Yeah. Yes. It's a, a hazy IPA. So look forward to see how they do hazy because they do bitter West Coast very well. So yeah, I will re- maybe we'll report back on those. Check our Instagram. I think you, we'll post some pictures and some reviews on Instagram of those beers. Yeah. In addition to that, I've been slacking on our $5 patron uh, agreements, which is once a month I'm supposed to drive to people's houses and drop off a beer. And I think that one of the offerings from Fort Rock would be a good one to do for that. I agree. I think people should try this beer. I think it's really solid. And I think if you're lucky enough to have a triple IPA that's this good dropped on your uh, your front door, you're going to have a good night. Yeah, we'll say, um, we will say patrons at the $5 level, expect Get this, one of these. Expect one of these beers on your doorstep on the 24th, which will be a couple days after this episode drops. Ooh, Max is making okay. promises. I'm on it. Though you do have to buy them, sir, and I will do the deliveries. Okay. Well, we'll talk about this <laughs> often. <laughs> Deal. Um, by the way, to clarify, it's Hazy Hop Goblin is what it's called. It's 7%, 35 IBU. Uh, hazy beer, cool. like you said. Awesome. Okay. Um, I'm good on this. You got anything else? Uh, I do not, man. Let's move on. It's an 8.8 eight from me. It's an 8 from Max. Once again, thank you to... Fort Rock for making this delicious beer. And now it is time for. Okay. Welcome to hot and bothered. The part of the show where we talk about really whatever we want, but oftentimes it happens to be uh, movies or shows or music or whatever that we don't technically feature for the show, but we do think is worth each other's time, certainly. And therefore definitely your time to absorb. Um, You've got a couple content-driven things that I'm going to uh, cut in line to talk about my non-content-driven things first. I just want to talk about my life for just a minute. Do it. Pandemic in California is officially not over. Obviously, that's not how viruses work, but the state has sort of reinstated uh, reinstated its, uh, or rather taken away, its bans on capacity and masks and all that sort of jazz. And with that, as a live music performer comes a lot more work, which is great. Um, but I got a little trigger happy and this happens to me a couple times a year. Um, as of the day, this episode drops, which is Friday, the 18th, uh, I have nothing that day, but Saturday I have a wedding and then I have one, two, three, four days of shows in a row, one day off where I will be driving beers to patrons houses and then two more days of shows, which translates to seven shows over the course of eight days, which is almost, almost too many shows. (laughs) Um, but that's going to happen. And, One of the, well, actually two, well, more than that. If you're in Chico, one of those shows is public, which is at the Commons on the 26th. If you are in Sacramento-ish area, um, you can go to Chateau de Velle. It's a winery. I'll be there on the 25th. And if you are a Nevada type person, I will be 
for the first time since like early 2020 back at the Peppermill uh, in the Terrace Lounge from the 20th to the 23rd, singing my little heart out. Nice. So shout outs to where I'm playing, I suppose. Hell yeah. And, and uh, good on you for being able to go do your job again. Thanks, man. And then very lastly, uh, my sister Bailey came to visit, as did my mother. Um, but Bailey might occasionally listen to the show, so I'm going to shout her out more. And nice. she was a real trooper because she came up on a weekend mm-hmm. where I was running errands and like I had to muck horse stalls and like pretend to know how to solder things, which actually worked with her help. And then she came to my show at the Commons a couple of weeks ago um, or, you know, when she visited. Um, and it was great. Nice. And it's not a super short drive from where she lives in the Bay Area. So it was just great seeing her. And we shout her out every week on the show at the end. So I figured it was worth noting. Hell yeah, that's awesome. It's always good to, good to see the family coming up to visit. Yeah, man. Um, but that's it for me. What do you got going on? So I had a kind of a fun-filled last weekend. Um, had a friend over, my buddy Chris. You've met Chris. He works in Oroville. Um, kind of oh, a friend yeah, of the yeah. show. He's I took him, some of took our him pint glasses. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Great dude. Uh, haven't hung out with him since maybe March mm-hmm. last year, February last year. And okay. Uh, got a UFC pay-per-view, had him over, barbecued a bunch of food, got a little too drunk, had a great time. And it was really like kind of my personal celebration of this whole thing kind of starting to be in the rear view mirror. Nice. And it was the most normal I've felt in a long time. Uh, and it was great to reconnect with a friend, you know, like I said, haven't seen in a year and a half. So was super stoked on that. Does, uh, does he listen but, to the show ever? I don't know. I think okay. so. All right. Maybe. I think he just supports in spirit. I That's a very touching shout out. Well, either, yeah. either way. He should you think he would listen. He I think he should listen out. just to hear that. That was I very mean, sweet. God, people pay good money for these shout outs <laughs> and he's over here getting them for free and he's not even listening. Yeah, it's true. Ungrateful son of anyways. Yeah. Um that was a blast. And the Friday before that, I had gotten off work and was sitting around with Shalina, had a couple of vodka monsters, so I was pretty oh, caffeinated. God. Yeah. And um just talking to her and we were like figuring out a new show to watch and i was like i've been wanting to watch this show on hbo and it's gotten really good reviews mm-hmm. and it's like a murder mystery and she's like all right i'm in let's just try it out and after the first episode we were hooked and we watched the whole series that night stayed up till 3 30 in the morning wow. watching mayor of east town uh, an HBO Max original came out this year. Season premiere just aired a couple weeks ago. So all the episodes are available to stream on HBO Max. Okay, just really quickly to clarify, are you saying like somebody in the government or a horse? Mare, M-A-R-E Got is her name. Oh, it's a name of a person. Yeah, it okay. is Kate Winslet's name. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, uh, Mare of Easttown. Easttown is where they live, where this show takes place. Sure. Uh, A brief synopsis. As her life crumbles around her, a small-town Pennsylvania detective named Mare Sheehan, played by Kate Winslet, investigates a local murder. The series explores the dark side of a close community and provides an authentic examination of how family and past tragedies can define our present. Uh, There were some notable names in here. Kate Winslet was the main character. Mm -hmm. Jean Smart plays her mother, Helen. Evan Peters plays Detective Colin Zabel. He was pretty good. It's nice to see him in something other than American Horror Story. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Guy Pierce plays a character by the name of Richard Ryan. So pretty right. good cast, man. It was very much murder mystery, but also very East Coast family drama. 
Like, and also what having an East Coast family, like dramatic family would look like with yeah, a detective yeah. for a mother. Okay. Um, it was really interesting just getting entrenched in this family and the plot took all kinds of twists and turns. I will caveat it with it was definitely at times a bit drama driven. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the market for something that's purely like true detective style, but even true detective had quite a bit of drama in it. So that's the closest thing I would compare it to is that if you like the first season of true detective, cool. I would check it out. It made me re- want to rewatch that because Shalina's never seen it. Um, very rarely do I watch a show in one sitting, especially yeah. with like hour long episodes. Uh, it just caught me the right way. It was engaging. It was distracting. It immersed me in other people's lives. And it was just genuinely entertaining. And it was really, really engaging. So I would recommend checking it out. Um, like I said, a little bit on the dramatic side. If you're not into that, I would dare to say some of the episodes bordered on a little soap opera-y, but there mm. was always an undertone of crime drama. So take that for what it is. Lots of twists and turns. Lots of fun. Uh, crazy last episode, Mary sure. of Town. I think it's worth a watch. So I think you kind of answered this, but when you say murder mystery, the first place my brain went was like Agatha Christie, like murder on the Orient Express, knives out kind of vibes. But it okay. sounds like it's more, yeah, like like True Detective is what I was going to ask, or like Seven, or like um, yeah. Mindhunter even kind of maybe? A little bit, yeah, definitely. Definitely like murder, drama, mystery. <clears throat> When I say murder mystery, I mean movies more like that and series more like totally. that where it's like you're following a detective along a case and you're tracking their life and how their life affects the case. Because like, you know, Knives Out to me is more of like a whodunit, but yes. definitely still murder mystery. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, this is like a, a definitely true detective, I think, is the closest formula that I would be able to put it in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this cause we were doing, we did a, a quiet place part two last week and I watched, um, it was an actor's round table put on by a vanity fair. They do, they do these, uh, every so often with prominent actors putting out movies or, or directors and actors, for, but this was directors actually. Um, and it was John Krasinski talking about a quiet place part one. And he was saying that the script came to his desk and it was like kind of a horror movie, but there were the elements of this drama in it. And he was more intrigued by sort of the idea of the family dynamic throughout this tragedy or, or this, this horror scenario. And I like that kind of stuff. Cause like a monster movie is fun. We did a top five on Patreon of, of monsters in movies, but I latch on much more to sort of the, the human dramatic qualities that happen in those frameworks. So oh, this, you this would might love, be more you would my love jam. This. You would love this. I think then also to close the loop, I think you and I talked about this off air, but I did start Rutherford falls which is something I yes. promised I would watch and, and report back on a couple weeks ago. And it wasn't for mm-hmm. me. I couldn't get past a couple episodes. I think I got two and you were like, you got to watch three. So I will watch the third if, if you still feel that way. But um, in case I don't, that was not for me, but I'm glad you liked it. So Rutherford Falls is on Prime, Hulu, Prime? Peacock. Peacock, that's right. Um, <laughs> and Mare of Easttown, to close this loop, is on HBO Max, like you said. Yep, exactly. Mare of Easttown, HBO Max. Anything else you got this week, my friend? Uh, no, I think I'm good, man. I think I'm there. I'm ready. Okay. Then once again, if you do like the show and you've got a few bucks to spare, join us on Patreon. It's so much fun. We have bonus content. We have events. Sometimes I drive to your house and drop essentially underpriced beer on your doorstep. So if you're into that sort of thing, patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. And if you're not, and you still like the show, you can just give us a rating. And if you feel like typing a few words, a review, 
mostly on Apple Podcasts. That's where kind of most of the action happens. But if you can leave a review on some mom and pop podcast service, please do that as well. Um, if you have thoughts on rainbows and ponies or uh, lights out or perhaps perhaps even in the heights, send us an email. FHCcast at gmail.com. Social media is at Fresh Hop Cinema. Um, thanks as always to Bailey Minardi. The show wouldn't be what it is without her. Our friends at the handlebar, everybody on Patreon. And that's Johnny Summers. And I think we're there. Yeah, that's Max Minardi. Thank you guys. We love you. Be sure to drink some good beer, watch some good movies. Most importantly, stay being good to each other. We love you. And we'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.